I, I can hear you. Do we Testing. remember how to do this? <laughs> back in the building, y'all. We're back again. Season two. How pumped are you? I'm super pumped. Yeah, I missed you guys. Yeah, I missed this. It's gonna be action packed. I mean, first episode back. Got to you know come in with a bang is what we got to do. And R and R, it's gonna be fantastic. What have you been up to? And how long have we been on break? I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, because it's like we talk every day. So okay, I don't know when last time we talked to y'all is. We had some recap episodes. But what have you been doing in the past, let's say, two months? Okay. Well, I'm back to work. Wow. Oh, Guys, shooting in the time of COVID is real hard. The film industry is wildin'. <laughs> it's real hard. So I am back to work, which I'm excited for, but it's definitely a challenge but I am excited for the challenge. So it's really good to be back at work. I missed it. Um, It's nice to work that part of my brain a little bit, but um, it's definitely interesting. I have to say, I have to say it's definitely interesting heading back to work. Um, How has work been for you? Cause you've just been in it this whole time. (laughs) How? What? Life is crazy. So since the last time we chatted, I was keeping secrets close to the chest. But as of Monday the 7th, which was my birthday, I have a song in a national television ad. So friends of non-traditional, if you're listening, go to Ulta's page. It's called Dreams Begin Ulta. Go check it out. Um, The commercial should be airing right where you are. So check it out and leave comments on the YouTube and just say how much you love Esabalu because then they'll maybe make me do it again. And I would just love to. And I know Anastasia is going to leave all the cool links in the comments like she knows how to do because always know, doing that. <laughs> but yes, Esabalu was on television. Cats out I, of the bag. <laughs> it was so exciting. It's so great to see friends like just blow up and like do their thing so it was just so nice and the song itself is on spotify too so i'll leave the link for that and i just listen to it when i want to feel happy she's right you roll down the windows open your window and play that song and let the breeze just hit your face the sing-along moment you know it's a car ride moment just enjoy that enjoy yourself enjoy it um i also kind of want to mention a little bit because this happened towards the middle end of season one and it's kind of carried on during a break but i was accepted into a podcast mentorship program which yes wow talk about it because you know this is new to me i work in the film and television industry podcasting isn't something that came naturally i've had to work at it um but mike hurley of relay fm started a podcast mentorship program and i just blindly applied to it i didn't really think anything of it until weeks later i got an email that said you've been accepted and i was like what and i just really want to take this brief moment to just thank Mike Hurley because he runs a podcasting network, Relay FM. He, you know, 
they mostly do, I mean, they do pretty much everything, but they have a whole bunch of tech podcasts that I listen to. And it's been pretty super busy time for technology. And he's taken the time to have Zoom meetings with us, talk to us. We have a little Discord channel where we talk about ideas and like helping each other and things like that. You know, he gives us equipment ideas. He sponsors us and supports us in like whatever we're doing. So it's been really great. I'm in the mentorship program for a whole year which is what could I learn this year? But I'm really excited for the future and I can't wait to update you guys from time to time about what I'm doing in this mentorship program. Yes. Thanks, Mike. We are so proud of you for getting into the mentorship program. And I am just writing your coattails and definitely reaping the benefits of these rewards because you are dropping some podcasting knowledge on me almost daily. Teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) So guys, it is season two of non-traditional. We are coming back bigger and better. Yes, ma'am. Than ever. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I kind of want to talk a little bit about like what our themes are for this season. I mean, we are still on the non-traditional career path. We are talking to really, really awesome people. Like some of the interviews we've had so far, I just... Jer-bear. I almost cried at like two or three of them, I think. Yep. I just said Jer Bear because you guys don't know yet, but you're going to meet Jer Bear. He's our favorite. <laughs> yeah, it's been really good. I've had, we've laughed, we've cried. I just really pumped about what uh, was coming your way. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. We're asking similar questions and then our guests are also different that, you know, we, we tailor it to them, but people are really opening our eyes to new things each time we ask some of these same pathways it just teaches you a new thing because they our guests are all really killing it in their own industry so i'm so excited and i think we're opening it up with a bang we're definitely opening up with a bang and you know it, it 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 weirdly is the best way to start this season because i think this season is all about taking action Mm -hmm. moving forward and taking action and a part of that is we'll let you know about this later on at the end of this episode in the outro, but we are starting a Patreon for non-traditional, which is a way that our audience, everyone listening can support us, support the show, keep us on the air, Mm -hmm, keep mm -hmm. going so that we can make bigger and better content for all of y'all. Yeah. And most importantly, swag. Did we say sweat? Save it to the end. Save it oh, to the sorry, end. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. <laughs> but this first interview, episode one, is with Don Porter. Tell him about it, Jen. Wow. So we were able to interview the director of the upcoming Pete Souza documentary, The Way I See It. Um, she has other documentaries about John Lewis and other just really prolific works out. We specifically wanted to chat with her because of the timeliness of this documentary with the upcoming election. And she did not disappoint. She's doing a ton of press and was so kind to take time about out of her day to chat with us and really just like boosted us up. It's always great to talk to other black women about kind of, you know, being in the industry and trying to make it. And she really just gave us gems from the beginning to the end of her career. I had the best time talking to her. This was definitely, I mean, after this interview, I was like, wow, mm. wow. And we're not going to say anymore. We're just going to let you listen. So Miss Dawn, welcome to Non-Traditional. Thank you. 
Happy to be here. Yes, we are so excited to have you on and have done a deep dive into your work. But for our listening audience who may not know, tell us who you are, what you do, and how you move through this world. Sure. Um, my name's Dawn Porter. I'm a documentary filmmaker, uh, a mother of two, a wife of one. <laughs> um, I've moved through this life curious and joyfully. Um, sometimes angry, hey. trying to be happy, um, with a with a lot of optimism. So that's really oh, that's awesome. We um we are non-traditional. We like to start kind of way back in the beginning and ask all our guests this. But what did you want to be when you grew up? I wanted to be a stewardess and a lawyer. I guess now you're supposed to say flight attendant, but when I was little, it was a stewardess. stewardess. Hey. <laughs> and you wanted to do those two jobs together? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that seems like the perfect career. I can go places. I can have that cute uniform. It was so exciting to me to get on a plane. You know, like the only time I ever got on a plane was my grandmother took me to Cincinnati and yeah. you know, she treated it like church. Like she made me wear like tights. And stockings and nice. shoes. I might have even had gloves. Like she was like, it was church. We had to be there like three hours early. Oh my goodness! Um, I did not know that you didn't have to get dressed up to get on a plane until <laughs> I was in college. Oh I wow! Everybody got dressed up to get on a plane because that's what I did. That is adorable. Um, and then I wanted to be a lawyer because I thought lawyers were like interesting and powerful and cool. So that's what I wanted oh. to do. That's awesome. So when did you make the transition or did you ever like formally do that to say filmmaking? That's, that's now my career. You know, that's a really great way of asking it because um, I was a practicing lawyer and I was pretty happy being a lawyer. Um, I was working at a firm. I was a fifth year. They were talking about, I was on a partnership track. Um, and what really happened is a person very close to me passed away and she was in her thirties, my dear, dear, dear friend. And I said to myself, it just was kind of like a wake up, you know, it was like, um, John Lewis always said, like, you only pass this way once, you know, mm. like this life is not a run through. Yeah. So I, I kind of just made a, a bargain with myself that I would do the next thing that was a little bit scary but that I wanted to do. And that, that, that thing was leaving my cushy firm yeah. <laughs> and going, moving to New York. Um, I took a pay cut uh, to work for ABC television. Yeah. Um, so I did that, but that really started me on this journey towards storytelling. So, so that's why your question is so perfect and no one's ever asked me before. It was not intentional. It was, I just pointed myself the direction I wanted to go. Right. Yeah. Yes. And kept kept going. Nice. Wow. And then in that transition, are there aspects of the job that translated over that you feel like, man, I really, I'm so glad that I have this experience because I can completely use that in this career. Yes. You women are nailing it today. You're getting an A plus in the interview questions. Um, yes. You know, I was a litigator and a litigator, you know, I took a lot of depositions, which meant I, I did a lot of listening. I did a lot of interviewing. I understood the power of the open-ended question about giving people time, about being patient, waiting for the answer, not interrupting all the time. Um, but also as, as a lawyer and a litigator, 
a lot of your job is telling a story. You just want to tell the story that's most advantageous to your client. And so it was not a large shift to telling a more nuanced, objective story, one without trying to... It also made me really sensitive to trying to sway people. Like, I didn't want to sway people anymore. Yeah. I wanted to, to do more revelation. So, mm-hmm. um, but all of those skills were incredibly helpful and are incredibly helpful, that background. I have a lot of confidence yeah. as an inter- and as an interviewer because of that. So was it always you moving towards documenting filmmaking versus, for example, versus sort of fiction storytelling and filmmaking? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, nonfiction was always the thing that I was really attracted to. Um, And that probably comes from working, you know, with people who did nonfiction, who did news. I I was just interested in that kind of storytelling. I think also, you know, the downside of telling people how impossible it is to make movies for women and for Black women is that you start to believe them. And so at some point you're like, you know, people are always like, oh, do you want to do fiction? And I'm like, so you all have spent the last 10 years telling me it's impossible. I'm going to slam my head against the wall, be discriminated against and paid less. Yeah. And I have a good job. So, um, so if that happens, if there, but it's not, I'm not interested in banging my head against a wall. Um, when I have such a great career, right. You know, is it interesting? Yeah, of course. You know, that that's interesting, but my life will be complete without, you know, doing the F word fiction. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, that kind of brings me to this question, which I was going to ask, but as a female direct, as a female Black director, what has it been like trying to tell the stories that matter to you in an industry that has very few reflections of you yeah. in it? Um, you know, I, I actually find that it is a benefit to, to be me because people don't have to ask me why I'm the person who tells the story. <laughs> Yeah. Um, And, you know, the other thing about documentary is that the barriers to entry are a lot different. Um, In documentary, it's access and a good idea. You know, um, it's not so much about raising $10 million or even half a million dollars. You know, it's, it's literally like a good idea, some skill and convincing people that you can do it or just doing it yourself until everybody else catches up (laughs) yeah absolutely i want to chat about the way i see it this amazing documentary that you're about to put into the world um i think it's going to be so prolific and i'm so excited for everybody to see it i really appreciate your team also giving us the opportunity to view it um i I might have to get another screener because i want to show my parents um (laughs) but something that really struck me in the documentary is when pete is talking about barack obama and he says um Clearly, I could see what he meant to the African-American community. As time went on, I was probably more aware of trying to tell the story of what it meant for them to have him up on stage. And that really struck me. And so when making this documentary, what did what did it stir up for you, especially considering the current state of the world and its leadership? <laughs> I mean, the first time I saw Pete's images, so the way I see it is about Pete Sousa, Obama's White House photographer. He took two million photographs during the Obama wow. presidency. He was with President Obama almost every day, almost seven days a week mm-hmm. for eight years. Mm-hmm. So um, 
he has the most complete record of that presidency and it's go- eventually it will all be public but until then you have to buy the movie <laughs> yes. um but um you know it's it's a journey through kind of what the presidency means but it's also about what how pete changed and you know one of the things that i was interested in and this is because i'm a black woman is what was it like for a non-black person to be that close and to be watching all of the things that were, you know, leveled at the presidency. To watch Obama go through his job with such grace and patience. And Pete was seeing the death threats. He was seeing the racism, you know, and I think for a lot of people who are not black, that is a real eye-opening occurrence when he says that quote that you know that you just mentioned he tears up and i did too 60 something year old man saying um it just really touched him he saw in the faces of so many people the amount of hope that is projected onto the the former first family and um i think I was always proud of them, but you know, you know how like, um, I can't remember who it was. It was like some comedian and we're like, she's like, who are you voting for at the Emmys? She's like, everybody black. Yeah. I'm voting for them. Um, <laughs> and you know, so when Obama is first elected, you're kind of like voting for everybody black. Right. Yeah. And then as time goes on, he's doing a really good job, you know, like, and, and it's not that I think he's perfect. It's not that he made every decision I would make. That's not the test. Mm-hmm. The test is the way that you govern. Mm. You know, the, you govern with compassion, with empathy, with hard work, with trying to do your best, with trying to get the most information. And that's what we see. And so going back through that time, I was like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't just a great black president. He was just a great president. President, yeah. He was just a great president. And so um, there is a lot of pride in that. You know, um, we are not always appreciated for skill, hard work, intelligence, um, and patience. And so to see somebody perform at that level, you know, um, I when I first saw Pete's pictures, I cried. And I felt like I'd been holding my breath for three years. And thinking, was it all a dream? Did I overstate it? And I'm like, no, it wasn't overstated. All of that really happened. Um, And I think it's important for people to see that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, You know, staying on the documentary, I, I have the books. I follow Pete on Instagram. And, you know, the term shade is always associated to his, his photos, especially the recent ones and the way he presents them. And, you know, watching the documentary, I was thinking, you could, ex- you could have easily gone the shade route. This could have been like, a, you know, oh, look at the shade. And like, you focused a lot of on that. But I think it became more a dialogue on what leadership was, what it can be, what it should be. And how did you walk that line? Like, how did you, you know, decide this is where I'm going instead of just, you know, almost going for the obvious of what the documentary could be? Um, You know, I think at first the shade was so much fun. I mean, we have a whole version (laughs) that is, you know, a really boom, boom, right, you right. know. Yeah. But then it, it's such one note 
And I thought that there's a bigger story. Like if we called the movie Shade for the longest time, just because why wouldn't you call your movie the number one best-selling book? Um, And then um, a number of people who saw it were like, it's bigger than Shade, you know? And so I I was always thinking about, you know, Pete does this one-man show. And I was thinking about, okay, if this is not going to be a concert film (laughs) showing Pete (laughs) throwing shade, right? What what do I add? Like as a filmmaker, I think you always have to ask yourself, well, what do you add? And so what I wanted to add was, what was Pete's journey? You know, and that was as a photographer, it was as a non-black person watching a black person up close. Um, it's about their friendship a little bit, you know. Um, so, and that's why authorship does matter. You know, I don't know. I can't say this, but. I think every black person wants to know how did it feel to be <laughs> with that, you know, like, um, you know, like people think like we all like sing, you know, at dinner, <laughs> there's, all play- there's like a choir, you know, and there's, you know, there's the, the, the mammy figure shaking her head and waving a spoon at Wait, home. You don't have a choir you know, like, dinner? You don't have a choir at dinner? <laughs> I don't have a choir anymore. I don't have a choir. Got so, rid of the choir, scrapped them. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you just kind of wonder, right? Yeah. Cause we, we, we have to do a lot of protesting, like just to, to say like, no, just, just regular dinner, regular people. Yeah. Right. Just, you know, um, so, so there was that curiosity, but I wanted to also show, I think like my last film was John Lewis. Um, you know, this film, John Lewis was advocating for people to speak up. Mm. And then here's Pete Sousa in his sixties speaking out. Yeah. And I just thought those things work so well together. Those are not two things that you would normally put together, white house photographer and John Lewis. And yeah. yet they completely speak to each other. So, Absolutely. you know, kind of felt like a really, what an opportunity to to see one hero's work, you know, influencing other people. And Pete will say, you know, John Lewis is a huge hero to him. Yeah. And so, you know, and also like, because it's my movie, I get to put <laughs> the photos I want. So I put, you know, John Lewis pictures. There's like, there you go, Mr. Lewis. There's you. There's you. And there's you in the ending, too. Yes. So I yeah. love to see it. It's so, uh, so beautifully done. I, I can't say it enough. Um, and you also said that your initially your biggest challenge was figuring out how to bring Pete's photos to life, which I thought was just you did it. I, it's, I'm just wondering what <laughs> tactics you use because I, watching it, didn't see that as a challenge for the film at all. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't want it to be like you want you want there to be a story that builds and there's a through line. So the through line here is Pete's evolution. Um, the photos are part of that evolution. Mm. How he started as a you know a guy who didn't know what he wanted to do. And then he went to college and then he went to a small paper, a bigger paper, and then the White House, and then used all of those experiences to do, you know, his job for the Obama administration. So, so Pete's journey became like a big through line and seeing how his photography evolved and his style emerged, like that was really interesting. Um, But then, you know, so my father was a photographer 
and I grew up, you know, around dark rooms, like the, still the smell of those chemicals, like yeah. makes me feel like I'm six years old and back in the studio. Um, but there's, there is like, as Pete describes, there's that magic of when the photos come to life. And I, I do remember, cause I used to take photos ex- exclusively. That was, that was my thing. But then I realized you could make them talk. So I, I want to make some of Pete's photos talk. Um, and that's, you know, um, having uh, the father from, you know, the Sandy Hook uh, little boy. That moment killed me. Right? Yeah. Uh, when he says you get the leaders that you deserve, you could just... Um, so, you know, I, I have heard now Pete say those interviews mean a lot to him because he knows, you know, those images were, and, and he, you know, Pete is a very quiet person. He, you know, called that, those parents and said before, and they, and before he even published that, that photo in his book and in his intimate portrait book. Um, and, you know, they, he called him, he said, I, I'm Pete just, I took this photo. I'd like to include it in my book. And they said, I think that would be okay. And he goes, well, let me come show you. And he drove to their house in Connecticut oh, wow. and wow. showed the photos. And, and they told me that story that yeah. him respecting and not, he could use them, you know, they're, they're actually public, but he, it was, and he did the same when we wanted to, you know, go meet with them. He was like, let me call him first and talk to him, make sure he's okay. Um, so there's just a real sense of, um, responsibility he has about what images he's putting into the world that I really appreciate. Mm. Wow. Well, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but I think Pete's story is a great example of social responsibility and what we could all be doing to affect social change, be it in our own little Instagram accounts. And, you know, I've tried to do things. I don't have millions of followers, but I'm like, for the 600 people who follow me, please vote. (laughs) Right. Please vote. But well, I think you could probably fit in your living room. Like, I don't know what you're right? right? <laughs> in a tiny Brooklyn apartment. But um, what, do you th- what do you hope your documentary um, exposes to people or shows them on how to affect social change? I think one thing is um, it's never too late um, that your opinion matters. And... Um, we are in a time when we have to make decisions about who we're going to be and what kind of citizens, neighbors, friends, and family members we're going to be. And um, if there was ever a time to voice your opinion, whatever it may be, this would be it. Uh, we are so divided and that is because we don't speak to each other respectfully. And so I think what Pete's photos show for me, both for Reagan, I was not a Ronald Reagan fan. I used to protest Ronald Reagan. Yeah. I felt like every week I was down there like, I'm a change is real. You know, like AIDS babies deserve love. Ketchup is not a vegetable, you know, just so you know, I'm making it and I'm like, oh Reagan looks sweet. You know, my husband's like, what? What what are you doing? We like the Reagan stuff was because it was, I was in love with the footage, you know, yeah. the footage was so great. Um, but I, I hope that people will see this not as a partisan, Democrats are good, Republicans are bad, but as leadership matters, compassion, empathy, hard work matters. That's what we need. That's what we deserve. And we have that choice. Make the choice. 
Yeah. I'm so I'm just really kind of starstruck. You're you're a, such an inspiration, especially as two black women. It's really nice to just be able to chat with you and having seen your work, it's really nice and that you're just following these prolific leaders throughout their stories. I mean, it must be so wonderful to be up close to those stories. It is. And, um, you know, I don't take for granted that I have the ability to work through my problems <laughs> on film, you know, which makes you concentrate and think about what you want to say. So, you know, for everyone, I mean, you all are doing it with your show. Like, yeah, what do you want to say? Right. You know, You're not the first like, person to tell us that. What do you want to say? You want to say? Yeah, it's a theme. It's important. Yeah. And um, you're saying a lot. Um, I'd love to ask you, what does abundance mean to you? I, it, it means like family. Um, you know, like my happiest time is a Sunday if I've managed to go to the grocery store and basically clean my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I do say basically. Yeah. I, this, yeah. um, I'm not going to pass anybody's white glove test, but, um, you know, having my children, my husband, having like a peaceful Sunday evening where we all feel like ready to go for the next week. Like I love those evenings. Like I always look forward to, you know, Sunday evening. Um, so I think it means, um, you know, one, one good thing about being quarantined is um, spending time with your friends, mm -hmm. you know, spending more time with my kids, with my husband, um, really being, I, I think it means being on the same wavelength with the people I love, Oh yeah, you yes. know, so yeah. that where I understand if my kids are sullen or whatever, yeah. that they're just, this is just the wave and I'm going to catch them on the upside of the wave. I don't have to force things um yeah. so you know because we have not been sick because we have health insurance and jobs we have been able to experience that abundance yes 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 and so you know it is also making room for remembering how many people don't right oh my goodness right i yeah. love that answer um, and we really, really appreciate you. Um, Anastasia, anything else from you? Yeah. I mean, I want to sort of wrap it with what advice do you have for people who are looking to maybe be storytellers like you and going down that path? Because you have, as we like to say, a non-traditional path. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it home. <laughs> what you did there. <laughs> um, you know, I would say for everybody, you know, if you have a story to tell, like, what do you have to say? Mm -hmm. what, are, what are you trying to do? Um, but really, I, I guess I would like to speak to women and women of color. Um, don't wait for permission. You know, like you, I, I see so many young women and I include myself in this who are like, I need to have gone to film school. I need to be the A plus student at the front of the class with her hand raised and all her books lined up and neat and, you know, rewriting her notes over. So they look amazing instead of just doing, because, you know, the way that I have gotten better at, you know, what I do is just by doing it. I'm working a lot and all of that experience carry, I carry with me, you know, the mistakes and the things you did right. You try and carry them to the next thing. So um, you really have to put a, put down that, that negative voice in your head. 
because you right. were probably the loudest obstacle to yourself. Okay. So. You are an official non-traditional ambassador and that soundbite <laughs> is going, I'm, that's my ringtone Where's now. my t-shirt? Where's my merch? <laughs> we gotta get merch. <laughs> we gotta get merch. <laughs> Only because of you. <laughs> oh my goodness. This is incredible. Uh, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the pod. Good to see you. Uh, Um, what an interview. Are you kidding me? I'm uplifted. I'm overjoyed. Dawn is our best friend and a podcast ambassador. Queen! It was just so empowering listening to that episode. Um, There was something she said kind of midway through the episode where it really, really hit me. And I listened back to the episode again and it hit me a second time. But when she was talking about why she didn't go into fiction, you know, directing and instead went to documentary and it was kind of like, why do it? You know, when you have all these roadblocks, you have people like in your way a little bit, why do it? And she said something that translated to me as forge your own path. Mm-hmm. You know, don't wait for people to give you things like, yeah, she, you know, maybe she wanted to be a fiction director and she would have to like wait around for the right story and the right studio to like give her the opportunity to direct. And it's just like, no, I have stories to tell and this is a way I can tell them and I'm going to make my own way. I'm going to forge my own path. I'm going to pick up my own bootstraps and I'm going to go like that really hit me. And especially with what we're doing right now, yeah. it's a little bit like that. You know, it's like, why wait for someone to discover you when you can just do it? Right. Know? Once you start doing it, you realize that people will start coming to you. How did you do this? Or, hey, we want to chat with you. And it's so funny. I mean, we're, we were talking about this in um, one of our little production meetings, <sighs> about how you're starting to get some calls and, and things like that. And it's really great to kind of see some of the advice that we're getting from these amazing people in action in our lives right now. So right. I'm so glad we got to talk to Don. I, and I also love when people tell you that you have good questions. It's always a nice little <laughs> ego boost. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, because it's just like, we don't know what, what, if we're doing it right, or if, you know, people are placating us. And really, she took the time to compliment us. And it means a lot coming from somebody who is really out here in these streets. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, it's, uh, don't ask permission, guys. Mm, Don't ask permission. Mm. She said it. And, you know, I think a lot of times, especially as women, like, you know, we tend to, like she said, we want to be ready. We want to be good. We want to have all of the answers before we walk into the room. And sometimes, you know, you just have to go for it. Give it a go. Make the mistakes and then learn from them. And don't ask for permission to do things when you know you're the right person for that role or you're the right person to do um, mm. the job. And, you know, Jen said a little bit about his we learn so much from these interviews. That's why we will always keep doing them, even if there's like one person listening. But I really hope you guys, our audience, are also picking these things up because it's just, it's free.com. Yeah, and you know, the most important takeaway is definitely that Black people do sing at dinner every meal. I mean, every single meal. I mean, you guys, (laughs) full choir. We have an organist. That took me down. Organist. 
Conductor? I mean, I don't know what sort of family you have, but we definitely have a choir in mind. Okay. Right, and a tambourine is is uh, mandatory. Oh, well, timbal yeah. bell. Yes, <laughs> timbal bell. I can't you. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so let's talk Patreon. Oh, Patreon. So, who is Patreon? Who is she? Patreon Johnson. She used to go to First Methodist, and she went to um. She was actually in the choir with my mama. Patreon Precious Johnson. Talk about her. Always came to dinner. Okay. <laughs> but we at Non-Traditional are starting a Patreon. We, um, so, you know, currently our episodes don't have sponsors. We don't have ads. So we are not yet sponsored by any ad, com- you know, any companies paying us money to do this or like dropping ads in the middle. But we do want to also keep this going and keep it going in a way that is, you know, good creating great content and all of that stuff takes a little bit of investment so patreon for us is a way to sign like a cash cha-ching um can we do sound effects i i you're i'm like completely asking you because you edit can you just give me a little cha-ching there cha-ching I will drop it. In, I will drop it in the drop show notes. It. I mean, or you can just do what you just did. That was <laughs> but no, you know, it's a way for your audience to support us in what we're doing so that we can keep doing it for as long as we can and bringing you these incredible guests. But we don't want to just, you know, do it. We want to also, you know, give, give a little back for support that you're giving us. So if you go to our Patreon, which I will put all of the links in the bio, you know, in our little description box here, bio, I'm learning guys. I'm learning how to be a freaking influencer. I don't know bio or link box or whatever. Who are you wearing? Is that Versace or is it Versace? (laughs) It's Everlane. (laughs) Really? I'm a walking like billboard for Everlane. That's a different story. (laughs) That's a different story. (laughs) I know. But, um, but yeah, so we have three different tiers. Um, our first tier is just, you know, you're a friend of the pod, you love the work that we're doing. And what we will do is our episodes come in every Monday. But if you are a friend of the pod and you support us that way, you'll get our episodes earlier. And a big thank you hug virtually from us as well. For 19 Embrace. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Trademark. (laughs) Trademark that. PM COVID-19. And then the second tier is something a little special. We are going to start doing a little bonus podcast. Boom. Boom. We're going to recap some shows. We're going to have some interviews with just each other. We might throw you some of our test interviews that we did before. So you'll get to see the infancy of our podcast. Um, So whatever, basically, we want to talk about. And it's going to be really cute. And do we want to tell them what we're starting off with? Oh, we totally want to tell them what we're starting off with. So... This interview was with Don Porter, who is the director of The Way I See It. And we got to watch the movie early. Yes. We're professional now. Professional. We got screeners. I'm about to start yeah. voting for, what do you call it? Um, Not Emmys, Oscars. Um, Oscars. Golden Glo- is Golden Globes and Oscars the same thing? Different. <laughs> Dang. So we about to just get um invitations to both. Oh, ready. Waiting. Mean, right? and ready. But 
we got to see the movie early, so we're going to do a little bonus episode where we review the way I see it and talk about what it means to us. So if you subscribe to the second tier of our Patreon, you will get that little bonus episode. It's going to be very exciting. Okay. This is the one I'm, I'm so litty for. Like this. Ooh, y'all. If you can see Anastasia now. The glow, y'all. The last tier. The last tier. This Hello. is especially for Dawn. We have merch. Yes, Dawn spoke it into existence. We have merch. We have merch. We have merch. New theme song. We have merch. <laughs> so excited for this tier. But with this tier, you are family, family of non-traditional. And we are going to create a little special mug because we also love coffee over here. I do love a coffee moment. And it's going to be a mug with a very special friends of non-traditional doodle on it that will be created by the lovely Rowan who does all of our graphics. Row, row, row your boat. Love her. And BTW, <laughs> if you don't follow her design, like, illustration instagram account i will put the link in the description and you should follow her because she does awesome work yeah thank you rowan yes so if you join that tier and you're on that tier for the whole season so you've got to be on the tier for three months of our season and you will get a lovely mug as well as the bonus episode and early episodes and you know you'll get the weirdest stacking oh yeah Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love to we see do. it. <laughs> you, know, you get the whole kitten caboodle, as they say. <laughs> but that is, that is all about our little Patreon. So I really hope you guys join us, support us. We really love doing this for you, and we want to keep doing it for as long as possible. And who knows? Over time, we might add new, you know, special themes. I'm not going to say anything else, but you know, you never know. You never know what we could drop in the Patreon section. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you for that thorough description. And we are actually about to go record our review of the way I see it right now for those who subscribe to at least the second tier of our Patreon. So stay tuned for that. And uh, what, what do we, anything else? No, that's pretty much it. So come join us over on Patreon. And otherwise, guys, we'll see you next week. You know? Bye. Non-Traditional is produced and edited by me, Anastasia. And our theme song is Wildfire by Esabalu. And you can find it wherever you purchase music. You can find us on Instagram at non, that's N-O-N-E, underscore traditional. And Twitter at TraditionalPod. Subscribe to our newsletter on our website and keep up to date on all things non-traditional.